Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Optometry Money Podcast, where we're helping ODs all over the country make better and better decisions around their money, their careers, and their practices. I am your host, Yvonne Mindrin, certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, an independent financial planning firm just for optometrists nationwide. And on today's episode, I'm going to dive into something that I consistently hear questions about uh, throughout the year and especially around tax time, and that's quarterly estimated tax payments, especially from a federal tax perspective. Um, And this is, as mentioned, a consistent question that comes up. What are estimated tax payments? How and when do you need to pay them? And what happens if you don't? Uh, Especially for new practice owners seeing growth early on, or independent contractors surprised uh, not only by income taxes, but also self-employment taxes, experiencing that for the first time. Uh, One of the biggest annoyances of taxes is that there's an unexpected result of tax time. Either uh, taxes are higher than expected, and you've got to come up with the money to figure out how to make that payment, uh, and the next year's tax payments as well, or a higher refund than expected, and you've overpaid throughout the year. That's money you could have put to work throughout the year, And you figure out, well, you've dramatically overpaid. So one of the low-hanging fruit topics of tax planning, one of the lowest hanging fruits that can ease a lot of minds is to plan out your tax payments and tax withholdings in general appropriately and set aside enough cash throughout the year uh, to prepare for that. So today I'm going to talk about what are estimated tax payments, uh, when are quarterly payments due, we'll talk about how to make those payments what happens if you don't, and what are the right amounts for quarterly payments and how to actually set aside dollars for that. So let's start from the beginning. What are estimated quarterly tax payments? Well, our tax system, it works as a pay-as-you-go system or maybe more appropriately, a pay-as-you-earn system, meaning that we are required to pay taxes on the income we earn as we earn it throughout the year. And That's done in two ways, Uh, either number one, paycheck withholdings through your W-2 job or pay stubs, or number two, quarterly tax payments. Uh, And as an example, think about how taxes are paid if you are just a W-2 employee. Each paycheck as you're earning the money, uh, each paycheck your employer is going to deduct a whole bunch of taxes from it. So federal taxes, state taxes, social security, Medicare, all that's going to be deducted behind the scenes and you're, you're going to get essentially what's left. And that's an example of paying as you earn it, paying as you go. Uh, and it's a lot easier when you're employed because it's all basically happening behind the scenes. You can control the amount of income taxes being taken out through like your W-4 or just talking with HR, but all of the mechanics of that, it's just being done behind the scenes for you. But what about when you're a business owner? or you're a, um, a sole proprietor, or an independent contractor, or you have things like rental income, when do you actually need to start making estimated tax payments? When your withholdings from your W-2 paycheck aren't enough to cover all of your income sources, or uh, you're a practice owner, independent contractor, or just generally a business owner that doesn't have a W-2 income, you should be making quarterly estimated tax payments. Um, For sole proprietors, LLCs that aren't taxed as corporations, uh, partnerships, you're not going to have a W-2 wage. You're not going to have payroll. You're not for yourself, that is. 
you're not going to have pay stubs for yourself. And keep in mind that self-employment taxes are a part of this as well. That can surprise some people sometimes when you get to tax time. Um, S-corporations, on the other hand, will have, if you own an S-corporation, you're going to have a both a W-2 wage that you're required to pay yourself along with business profit. And you can find the IRS saying uh, individuals and business owners generally have to make estimated tax payments if you expect to owe, if you expect to have a tax due of $1,000 or more when you file your taxes, right? So that's sort of their general barometer there is, is what they say. So when are these quarterly estimated tax payments due? Well, there's four quarterly payments and it's not quarterly as you or I or the rest of the world really when think about quarters in a year. Uh, for you or I, it's every three months is a quarter. Uh, for the IRS and tax payments, it's a little bit different. So quarterly tax payments are due on April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th. And you'll recognize right away that doesn't end up lining up exactly with calendar year quarters. So April 15th would be income for January through March. Uh, the June 15th payment would be for April through May income or profit, really. September 15th would be th for June through, June through August profit. And then, of course, the rest of the year th uh, at January 15th. How can you make these estimated quarterly tax payments, right? So we know they're due four times a year, April, June, September, and January. How do you actually make these quarterly payments? Well, you can make them online at the IRS website with either a debit card or credit card or your bank account. I'll throw a link to that uh, in the show notes. You can also pay through check uh, using vouchers from Form 1040ES. Uh, a lot of times your tax preparer is going to include these vouchers in your tax return uh, with suggested payment amounts. Often it's based on a safe harbor amount that I'll touch on next. So a lot of times you're going to see that sort of at the end of your Really, both your federal and state tax returns, you'll you'll see that a lot. And for state taxes, I mean, we're talking a lot about federal taxes. For state taxes, you're going to want to check your own state tax, uh, state's tax website. Uh, for example, in California, it's the Franchise Tax Board's website. Or check with your tax professionals, really the, the best answer for that. But states are all going to be a little bit different. So what happens if you don't pay estimated taxes? Well, if you don't pay enough in taxes throughout the year, or in withholdings, uh, or on time, the IRS will charge underwithholding penalties and interest when you file your tax return. And typically, underpayment, underpayment or underwithholding penalties are about 5% of the underpaid amounts. Uh, generally, they're capped at like 20%, uh, or I'm sorry, 25%. And underpaid taxes also recruit interest at a rate that the IRS sets annually. So you've got both penalty and interest. This isn't always necessarily the end of the world. Sometimes it's it can be a pretty small amount. Sometimes it's a little bit larger. You know, but it's dollars that are pretty much wasted in in penalty and interest that could be avoided altogether. So, uh, just dollars that are are best avoided if you if you can. So, really, the one question that comes up the most is, well, what is the right amount to pay for quarterly tax payments? And one goal to solve for here is to avoid this underwithholding penalty or underpayment penalty. To avoid this underwithholding penalty, the IRS gives you three safe harbors to aim for to where if you withhold or pay enough over the year, you won't have a penalty for underwithholding at tax time. 
So the first safe harbor to aim for is if you owe less than $1,000 of tax at tax time. So when you, uh, when you file your tax return, you know, it's really a reconciling of how much income you received, how much you've paid into, the, uh, into your taxes throughout the year, and what's left. And if at the end of the year you file your taxes and you owe less than $1,000 at tax time, that's the first way to avoid underpayment penalty. The second safe harbor is that if you withhold 100% of last year's total tax. So for 2022, take a look at, if you get your 2022 tax return, take a look at page two and at line 24, it's going to be your total tax. If your AGI, if your adjusted gross income was $150,000 or more last year, then that needs to be 110% of last year's total tax. So that, that requirement's a little bit higher if you uh, had an AGI, adjusted gross income of 150000 or more. And the third safe harbor to, to aim for is that you can withhold at least 90% of this current year's total tax. So you can kind of figure out which of those two or three to aim for based on uh, last year's income, a lot of the suggested tax payments that are going to show up in your tax return and those stubs are going to be based on uh, a lot of times on last year's on last year's total tax. But if you think you're going to be paying less this year, maybe you aim for uh, for 90%. But those are the three ways you can aim for, the safe harbors you can aim for to where if you withhold enough and you pay enough throughout the year, you can avoid those underwithholding penalties. And one thing to keep in mind is this includes all tax payments for your tax return. So includes paycheck withholdings if you have W-2 income. Uh, maybe you're an S-corp owner, for example, and you have a W-2 pay stub. Uh, and it also includes your spouse's income and tax withholdings if you're married. So it's total total tax return income and then total tax return, tax withholdings, and tax payments. And if you do own a practice or an entity taxed as an S-corporation, you may very well just decide to handle all of your tax withholdings on your W-2 paycheck and not deal with um, estimated taxes. And that can work as long as you have the net cash flow from your salary or you're planning your cash flow to bring in enough each month to support your lifestyle after this those withholdings are taken out. So that's something you can definitely do as well. And that's to avoid a penalty. However, you still may get to tax time and if your income has changed a lot from the year before, then you might be in for a surprise. Uh, you may owe much more than expected and have to have the cash in order to pay this as well as the next year's first quarter payment. Or you may see several thousand dollars of refunds because you've dramatically overpaid. So most ideally, you want to have a way to project out taxes throughout the year and adjust your withholdings and payments throughout the year to meet your actual or get pretty close to your actual expected taxes that year. And I do this for clients and I work closely with their tax professionals in order to get a pretty good projection throughout the year. Um, your tax professional may do this as well. Check in with them or your own financial advisor about this. And I think the ideal goal, right, most ideally is, of course, to avoid extra penalties if you can avoid it. But I think the other ideal goal is to try to get as close to $0 tax due as reasonably possible when you file your taxes, meaning there's no big tax due and there's no big refund, somewhere close to $0, zero dollars due. 
And keep an eye out for really large refunds. So if you get your 2022 tax return and you see that on the federal or state side, it's kind of a red flag to look a little bit deeper and ask why. Why did you get a such a massive refund? Why is there such a big difference between what you've paid in and what your actual tax was at the end of the year? And refunds aren't necessarily the end of the world. I know we sometimes make a bigger deal out of it than than it really needs to. But if you have a substantial refund, you know, like thousands of dollars, then you're essentially allowing the government to hold on to that money throughout the year without interest. But, you know, if it's a few hundred, that's not necessarily the end of the world. But if you just keep an eye out for really big refunds, and if you see that, ask yourself why that is. And of course, if you'd like to do some math on your own, uh, the IRS has a form 1040ES to help you sort of project out what those quarterly payments should be. I'll throw a link to that in the show notes if you'd like to go through that yourself. But I think the, the the general theme here is that work proactively with your own advisor and your own tax pro and and have those conversations throughout the year. So what is the that's what is the right amount to withhold to avoid taxes and to try to get to close to zero tax due at tax time. But what's the right way to actually set aside money for taxes throughout the year if you're relying on estimated tax payments? Uh, for practice owners and independent contractors, I like having a separate tax account. So you can, meaning a, a separate tax bank account. So you can separate out money each month into that designated account. It's out of your operating cash. It now belongs to the government. So when you need to make tax payments, the money's there. And it could be in the business or the household. The business, I think, makes it a little easier to just separate it out right away. As a part of the way you manage cash flow in your business, after your core operating expenses are paid, one of the first things that should demand cash from you is that tax account or or the government, I guess you can say. That's one of the first things that should be demanding cash from your business is, is that tax account. So as you're getting monthly revenue in from insurance reimbursements or cash paying patients or, or from your whoever whatever practice you're contracting with, you're paying for your regular practice expenses, overhead, inventory, staff costs, whatever it may be. And then once you tackle those, set aside dollars each month into this tax account. Make that a regular part of, of how you manage the cash flow in your practice. And how much, right? How much actual dollars did you set aside into this account? Well, it's not really possible to give a blanket answer to, to wall optometrists because your businesses or your net incomes are going to be different. Your withholdings will be different if you have W-2 income. I've seen rules of thumb to be somewhere around 25 to 35%. You know, it seems that 30% seems to be a a rule of thumb percentage that works for a lot. It works for many. So maybe somewhere around there is is the first place to sort of explore. And that's sort of accounting for your your actual effective federal tax rate, state tax rate, maybe self-employment taxes. So but most ideally, you're looking at your own situation, projecting that out, talking with your your tax pros about what you intend the practice profitability to be, what investments you intend to make, and then plan accordingly. And as mentioned earlier, there's always just handling this with with your and your spouses if you're married, W-2 pay stub withholdings if you're taxed as an S-corp. So hopefully this has been helpful in getting an understanding in a, a commonly asked about topic uh, especially, again, especially for new practice owners, new to business ownership, 
or cold starts, especially that are starting to see a lot of growth and new independent contractors who have just, you've just been used to this happening behind the scenes with your employer. And now you're responsible. There's no more, there's no more employer doing this for you. Now you're responsible for your own tax withholdings and your own tax payments. If you have any questions on this, reach out by email, Yvonne, E-V-O-N at optometrywealth.com. Um, check out any of the links or resources uh, mentioned in the episode at the show notes uh, at the education hub on my website. That's www.optometrywealth.com. And while you're there, feel free to schedule a no commitment intro call to talk about whatever's on your mind financially and learn how we help optometrists navigate all kinds of fun tax planning questions like this and and so much more. If you're not ready to chat for my optometry listeners, I'm providing free financial health assessments where I'll look at the health scores of different parts of your finances, different vital signs, and send over a short video assessing those different scores for you. So if you would like to get your own free health assessment, um, how do you do that? Well, I put a link to the page on my website for that in the show notes. Download our financial planning app and then take a few minutes to, uh, to fill in your own scorecard. And from there, I'll take a look at it, send over an assessment of your scores and, and some of my thoughts. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Want more resources to help master your money? Check out the Education Hub on Yvonne's website at optometrywealth.com. Yvonne Mindrin is a certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, a California-registered investment advisor. All opinions of Yvonne and his guests are their own. This show is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for specific investment, legal, tax, or other decisions. Clients of OWA may own securities mentioned on this show. 